Good morning, church. So good, to, so good to be with you. I believe that the Lord has a good word for us this morning, and so let's dive right in. If you have your Bibles, I invite you to turn with me to Luke chapter 15, and we're going to begin in verse 11 this morning. Luke chapter 15, beginning in verse 11. In Luke chapter 15, there's crowds of people that are gathered around Jesus to hear Jesus teach. And so Jesus tells this story. It's actually a parable. And a parable is simply a story with a spiritual lesson. And so Jesus tells this story, this parable. Listen carefully. This is Jesus speaking. And he says this, beginning in verse 11. It says, There was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, Father, Give me my share of the inheritance. So he divided his property between them. And let me just stop here for a bit. This is kind of interesting, the start to this story. It's usually when someone passes away that children start fighting over the inheritance, right? And many of you know families in this situation. A parent passes away, and they begin to fight over who gets what, and no one agrees on who should get what. And so everyone lawyers up, and usually it's a bitter fight. Family members take sides, relationships are severed, and no one really wins. But interesting here, interestingly here, Jesus tells this story with this young son saying, Hey, Dad, I want my share of the inheritance now. Wow, that's shocking. This young son says, I want to travel. I want to live life. I want to party now. YOLO, man, I want, I, you only live once. I want to live now. Give me my share of the inheritance. Wow, what a shocking, offensive, insulting kind of request, to say the least. Listen to what happens next. So the father actually gives this son his inheritance. Says, all right, son, here you go. Here's your share of the inheritance. And then verse 13, it says this. It says, Not long after that, the young son got together all he had and set off for a distant country. And there he squandered his wealth in wild living. After he had spent everything, there was a severe famine in the land. And he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to a citizen of that country who sent him to his fields to feed pigs. He longed for his stomach to be filled with the pods that the pigs were eating. Bachi! 
Karma. Just kidding. Church, as Christians, we do not believe in bachi. As Christians, we do not believe in karma. Rather, we believe in a God that is sovereign over the affairs of men. And so this younger son makes a mess of his life. He indulges in a life of sin. He squanders all of his wealth. He makes a mess of his life. And then listen to what happens next. Verse 17, it says this. It says, When he had come to his senses, he said, I will go back to my father and say to him. No, when he came to his senses, he said, How many of my father's hired men have food to spare? And here I am, starving to death. And then he says this, I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your servant. Make me like one of your hired men. And so he got up and went to his father. This young son, he hits rock bottom. He is at the end of his rope. He is broken and contrite. And he comes to his senses and he says to himself, I'm going back to my father. Time to come clean. Time to ask for forgiveness. Time to say I'm sorry. Time to make amends. And so he makes the journey back to his father. And as he nears his home, the sights and sounds are very familiar to him. But he kind of grows anxious because he's made a mess of his life and he's not sure what his father will say and how his father will respond. Then listen carefully to what happens next. This is my favorite part here. It says this, verse 20. But while he was still a long way off, the father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him, and kissed him. The son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. And the father says to the hired servant, quickly, bring out the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. So they began to celebrate. To this young son's surprise, he sees his father running to him with tears of joy in his eyes. He throws his arms around his son and gives him a warm aloha, a warm embrace, and kisses his son. And his son says, I acknowledge that I have sinned against you. I'm no, no longer worthy to be called your son. 
What's the father's response? The father's response is one of love and forgiveness. The father says, I love you. I've always loved you. I've never stopped loving you. I forgive you. All is forgiven. Welcome home. Welcome home. Then there's an interesting twist to the story regarding the older brother, which we won't go over this morning, but I'd love for you to read it at home for homework this week. As we celebrate the resurrection today, isn't this story very close to the Easter story? You see, in the beginning, God created. God created the heavens and the earth and the sea and all that is in it. God set the sun, moon, and stars in their place. God created vegetation, plants yielding seed of every kind, and trees of every kind on earth that bear fruit with the seed in it. God created the great sea monsters and every living creature that moves of every kind with which the waters swarm, and every winged bird of every kind. God created the living creatures, cattle and creeping things, and wild animals of the earth. And everything that God created was good. But God saves the best for last. And God says, let us make humankind in our image according to our likeness. So God created humankind in his image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. And God saw everything that he had made, and indeed, it was very good. And in the Garden of Eden, Adam and Eve had a wonderful relationship with God. They experienced God's love and God's provision and God's care. But something goes terribly wrong. Adam and Eve disobey God. And they eat of the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And their rebellion has dire consequences. Sin and rebellion spread and impact all aspects of creation. And sin impacts us as well. The Bible says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And the result of sin is death. And sometimes this death is the result of the poor choices that we make. Sometimes this death is the result of the poor choices that other people make. And sometimes this death is just the result of living in a world marred by sin. And oftentimes, it's the result of a combination of all three. And it gets worse. The Bible says that unless our sin problem is addressed, we will experience spiritual death. And spiritual death means that we will be separated from God both now and into eternity. But there's good news. And thankfully, the good news of Easter is this. 
God sympathized with our dilemma. And motivated by love, God intervenes. And God sends His only begotten Son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross for our sins. Through Jesus Christ, our sins are forgiven. And we can have a restored relationship with God. And the motivation behind all this is love. So that so like that younger son in the parable, when we come back to the Father, our Heavenly Father, His response to us when we repent of our sins is, I love you. I've always loved you. I've never stopped loving you. I forgive you. All is forgiven. Welcome home. Welcome home. You see, John 3.16 begins like this. For God so loved. For God so loved. You see, God's love showed up over 2,000 years ago in the form of Jesus Christ. If God didn't love, there would be no virgin birth. And if there was no virgin birth, there would be no Jesus coming in the likeness of men. And if there was no virgin birth and no Jesus, there would be no cross. And if there was no virgin birth, and no Jesus, and no cross, there would be no third day, no Easter Sunday. And if there was no virgin birth, and no Jesus, and no cross, and no third day, there would be no resurrection. And if there was no virgin birth, and no Jesus, and no cross, and no third day, and no resurrection, there would be no forgiveness of sins, and no salvation by grace. But for God so loved, for God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. For God so loved that He gave Jesus Christ, born of the Virgin Mary, who suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried, He descended into hell, but death and the grave could not hold him. For on the third day, he rose again, and he ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. And from there, he will come again to judge the living and the dead. And he forgives us of our sins, and he promises us the gift of eternal life. I don't know what you've done. I don't know where you've been. I don't know what you're ashamed of. But I know that God loves you more than you know. And that God forgives you. That forgiveness is available to you. You see, the Bible says that because of the blood of Jesus Christ, If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. The Bible says that because of the blood of Jesus Christ, though our sins are red as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. The Bible says because of the blood of Jesus Christ, God remembers our sins no more. He casts our sins 
to the farthest depths of the sea. And the motivation behind all this is love. God loves you more than you know. And like that younger son in that parable, when we make our way back to the Father this Easter, and when we confess our sins and when we repent of our sins, our Father's response is one of love and forgiveness. His response is, I love you. I've always loved you. I'll never stop loving you. I forgive you. All is forgiven. Welcome home. Welcome home. Let us pray.